about eight months down the road. It's like peak summertime in Austin. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like late July, early August. When the dog days are the doggiest. That's what you think to yourself when you step out into that fucking heat. You step out in the morning, you feel the sun in your face, and you just kind of like curse the day. You're like, why is it so fucking hot? You know what I mean? It's just one of those days. Sure. Yeah. You, I've done that. Yeah. You turn Are your fan on? No. No. You turn around, you, um, you go back inside. Yeah, I, you experience that a lot in, uh, here in Texas, yeah. unfortunately. You just have to believe that it's as hot as you know it is. So you go out and just feel it for a second. Son of a bitch. Another day where you just kind of like have to exist in this thing that just hangs over everything, <laughs> you know? Yeah. No, I know. So you turn around and go inside. Your apartment's a cool 73 degrees. You go into your room. I'm not going to lie. We normally have it a little less than that. We act, we, all, Everyone who lives in this apartment gets very hot. It's that hot, though. Like, you guys are, like, running it. Oh, we, we can't. It's, like, running. Okay. It's so okay. hot. It's You're, like, running sure. as hard as you can go. Damn, dude. You got a fan on. How hot is it outside? High today is probably about 109. Oh, my God. It's a scorcher, brother. Why did I go outside? You, you I wouldn't just, do you that. You just wanted to. You just wanted to know that it was there. You know what I mean? You just had to. You just had to do it to believe it. Yeah. You got to work that night. Okay. Why you? I, I, okay. So you go outside. You feel the sun on your skin. Instantly hot. You turn around. Go back inside. <laughs> go into your room. I must. I must have sounded so drunk. The last thing I said. I just. Yeah. As soon as I said it, I regretted it. Sorry, everyone. Okay. Keep going. So you sit down in your bed, and you look up on the ceiling, and there's probably like the top five biggest spiders you've ever seen in your fucking life Jeez. crawling on your ceiling. What do you do? How big are, how big are we talking? About the size of your hand, a little less than that, probably. Okay. Um, well, the thing about spiders is that people are very frightened of them, and they are very scary. But they, they're very useful. This one does they, not look they, friendly. It even kind of like looks at you, and you can see it kind of like open its mouth and show its fucking razor sharp fangs. Okay, then fuck that. I have a, a back scratcher hanging on my wall. Yeah. I grab it and I fucking hit it as hard as I can off the ceiling. You grab that back scratcher and it, it it just like out of like muscle memory it just immediately starts scratching your back. You know what I mean? You're just <laughs> oh, like no. it's so like when your hand Fuck. registers that that is in your it's when that's in your palm it just knows where to go. You know? So you're like oh and you kind of like like it for a second. You're like wait a second. So you like look up you see that fucking spider staring at you. You see that it's kind of like crawl closer to where you're at. So I'm just sitting there scratching my back and staring at a spider. Yeah. And All then right. you you muster up the courage. You stand up on your bed and you just whack. You just mash this thing as hard as you can with, oh, wow. with old faithful. 
That's what you call it, your back scratcher. It was a wooden one. I mean, it's, yeah, it served me well. You carved Old Faithful along the shaft of it. (laughs) Wait, hold on. Yeah. Wait, hold on. Did, did I carve the entire thing or just the name into it? You, I mean, it, you wrote Old Faithful along the length of the entire shaft. Like, it just says Old wow. Faithful. And you did, okay. you did it on, like, two sides. So, you just, like, squish this thing hard. You know what I mean? It crumples just into, like, a little ball, and it lands on your bed. And when it lands there... You can just hear like a wail in the distance. You know what I mean? Wow. Just like you just feel it in your bones. You know, it's almost like your AC kicks in a little bit harder at that moment and you get just a chill up your fucking spine. But the moment you kill that spine, you hear the wail in the distance. Wow. You, um, you go to work, hottest day of the year, 109 degrees. And it's every bit of it. It hurts to drive, you know, because it's just like your car's been in the sun. You don't even like want to touch your belt buckle because you know it's going to burn you. Well, okay. I feel like at that point, I would be pretty used to this. So I, what I would do is, or not used to it, but I mean, I would like uh, know what to do. So I'd probably like put on gloves and uh, use that to handle everything and then jack up the AC the highest setting I possibly could. So you go out, you start the car, you get in and you think to yourself, well, mother nature can go fuck herself. And you (laughs) crank that AC, you run back inside. Probably about, I don't know, seven minutes later, you come back out, your car is, I let it run for seven minutes. Yeah. That's so long. Oh yeah, dude. You were like, you were inside and you were ready to go immediately. But oh you were God. you were just like staring at the clock the whole time. Sure, yeah. And then seven minutes goes by. You go out. Your car is comfortable enough to drive in. You know. So you get to the valve. You uh, you go to like open up like the front door. There's a a newspaper there. Somebody threw at the. There's a a new kid delivering newspaper up and down Sixth Street. What? Yeah. There's a, a new newspaper, just like throwing out newspapers up and down 6th Street. What is it? It's called the Austin Daily Monitor. Okay. And it's just like news about Austin. What What is up with, with is it being, did you say it was delivered by a kid? Yeah, it's a child. What's his deal? He works for his dad. His dad runs the newspaper, writes all the stories, prints everything. <laughs> he writes all the stories? Oh, yeah, dude. How many stories are in a typical paper? Well, the, thing, issue the thing about it is that it's like a, it's like a small paper. It's probably like five to ten pages. But he only like has time to realistically like write at best like five or six articles if he just like sits down and just cranks them out, you know, because he's so yeah. busy like printing the papers and packing them and then delivering them with his child. Uh, so it's, it's like a regular paper, but he just leaves like the fucking what's that stuff that all the gibberish they leave in there. I'm sorry? You know how, like, uh, if you look at a website and it's not done, it's got all that gibberish in there? Oh, um, I, what that's called. I, 
I don't remember what that's called, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Where it's, it's just ipsum lorem. Yeah, exactly. So just nonsense. A lot of okay, that. Yeah, yeah. A lot so of that is it's like just, filling the pages. Sure. You know what I mean? And people are like, <laughs> hold on. Yeah. So their newspaper has the ipsum lorem. Oh yeah, all over it. Probably seventy five percent of the newspaper. Man, okay. But he's like, he's I'm, like, I want you. To I'm read. not gonna lie. I would absolutely get a subscription to that newspaper. He doesn't even that charge. Is the funniest thing. So you, you, you show up. Charge. Nope. He just does it because he loves news. Oh, my God. So uh, it shows up. It shows up on your doorstep. Like they say it's a daily, but really it's like, you know, probably like four or five out of seven days, you know. Does he does he pay the kid who delivers it's, the papers? I mean, it's, it's his kid. So, okay. so no. I mean, you know, he, he puts a roof over his head and food in his mouth. You know, that's what he tells him. But yeah, he doesn't pay him a wage or anything. It's family business, you know, that makes no money. He tells him that. Yeah. They've had this argument. Oh, or? yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he just wants to go play with his friends, and his dad's like, no, you got to deliver papers with me all up and down 6th Street. Oh, my God. Yeah. Truthfully, the kid does most of the work. The dad's like, I'm going to take West 6th. And he just like goes down there and just drinks real hard. And, and his kid's like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, just keep going until you meet me. And then he comes out of the bar, like shithoused. Fuck. Yeah, he's not very. I mean, it's not doing well, is, you know. His dad's an alcoholic. Oh yeah, he's got a lot of issues. So, um, but this Fuck. this paper shows up, like I said, four or five times a week, and there's there's tonight's copy sitting on your front door. You pick it up, you sweep like the fucking dirt, you know, off of it, just like the the crud, the spider webs, the leaves, you know, all that shit. The Sixth Street grime that gets all over stuff if it's left out there for more than 10 minutes jesus yeah i know you sweep the grime off of it you unlock the door you read it the the headline story is a story about a uh like a wealthy like socialite couple like the man just died and so like the woman is like widowed at like 29 oh geez yeah he was like what happened yeah he the there's a boating accident you know, jeez, yeah, yeah. It was uh, bad news bears. You know, so you just kind of like, huh? Like that's really sad. Yeah, I mean, there's like pictures of her that this guy like clearly took with like a cell phone camera. You know, they're not well done. They're uh, certainly they certainly weren't like approved. You know, it was. Are they particularly flattering? Oh no, I mean they're just like it's like walking by somebody taking a picture of them without them noticing. You know. Sure. Yeah, everyone looks silly. Yeah, they're not. They're not good. So um, you kind of like, like, oh, that's that's fucking sad. You know what I mean? You go inside. You get out of that heat. Just the bricks on the sidewalk, just screaming up at you. You know what I mean? Like you're walking on top of an oven. Yeah. Jeez. You feel the sweat pour down your head. It's just a humid, thick night. You know, it's like walking through a bowl of soup. Yeah. You go inside. The velvet's nice and cool. You have a great week, right? Cool. Great Who was uh, headlining? Uh, Ashley Barnhill came back into town and did a weekend okay. at the Velveeta Room. Hell yeah. She did great. What was the Friday uh, 11 o'clock show? What was the pop-up show? It was called um, Two Guys and a Mic. 
Okay, what was that? And it was like, uh, it was it's two guys on stage. They take up the whole time, and they'll just like tell jokes and tell jokes and tell jokes until they run out of jokes, and yeah. then they pass it to the other person, and then they tell jokes until they run out of jokes, and that's All when right. the fun starts. <laughs> what? Because at that point, they just have to like try to think of things in the moment that are funny, and then they can't. So it's just like, it's like. 20 minutes of bad comedians doing as much comedy as they can and then another like 30 minutes of them like just bombing really hard okay that actually sounds like something i think i would enjoy a lot yeah you love it i don't think that i don't think the crowd would like it but the show's been going like on it. for like six weeks now and <laughs> wait what yeah. it's a recurring thing oh yeah and you can't <laughs> you can't keep tickets in for it really yeah. yeah it's like it gets written up as the the best bad comedy show in america very cool you know i that would make me so happy so the fucking velveterum finally recognized <laughs> as the worst comedy club in america i love it i love that we've always known it it's it's not though it's it's, it's wonderful i know but it's funny to say it so you um you know you do the valve right uh you're kind of like just like feeling good like in, in spite of the heat right the next week even hotter right really what, what is the uh the temperature it gets up to 112 one day jeez a week later you go into work you see the austin daily monitor there on your porch it says uh follow-up socialite out on the town and it's a picture of that same lady from the last paper like he's like like hey this guy might like have like a thing for this lady you know what i mean he should probably back off like this is not like it's like weird to read you know what i mean why do you yeah. why do you keep doing stories about this this poor widow you know it's a little strange, yeah. A little strange. So you like, once again, brush the shit, the leaves, the muck, <laughs> spider webs, the grime off that fucking paper. You read it and go inside. <laughs> All right. Thursday night, great open mic. Friday night, you've got uh, Doug Mellard. Doug Mellard does great. Two guys, the great in a, Doug Mellard. Two guys in a mic does great. <laughs> oh yeah, I, forgot, right? I already forgot about that. Saturday early show goes great. Saturday late show, it's not like sold out or anything, but you're gonna have a you're gonna have a good time. The Saturday late show uh, typically is the be is the most fun show of the week. Yeah, yeah. Do you want me to tell you a secret? Tell me. All right. I never tell us to the comedians when they come to the Velveeta room because I feel like I get in their heads. But typically, the Friday 9 o'clock show is the best show of the weekend. The Saturday 9 o'clock show is the crowd is usually a little tight. And then the 11 o'clock Saturday show is the most, it's a lot looser and it's the most fun. Yeah. So that's the secret. So you're looking forward to late show, right? Nice. I always do, dude. Yeah. You pour a. Uh poor shot of jameson right fuck yeah dude 
people are coming in. Show's uh, probably about 10 minutes to start. Not a whole, I mean, there's probably like 35, 40 people there. Hell yeah, why not? You know? Not a whole lot of business going on at the bar. Okay, they're just kind of hanging. Yeah, first comedian, first comedian goes up. It's Ashley Overton. How's she doing? She's doing great. She's uh, doing ten minutes up top. She's in, in the middle of her set. You see these uh, these two women uh, walking into the valve, and you see like another woman kind of like trailing behind them, and they're like older. I would probably say in their older than us. They're they're probably in their you know, um, I would guess in their fifties. The woman behind them is a little younger. They they come in, Michael. Uh, as they like walk in, you look out and see Michael, and he just gives you a thumbs up. Hell yeah! So they they walk over and they they all order. Uh, like the the two of them sit down. One of them orders drinks. So she's like, I want a gin and tonic, uh, a vodka, soda, and a Irish car bomb. Uh, I don't have the stuff to make an Irish car bomb, but I can do the first two. She kind of makes like a pouty face. She goes, uh, how about a uh, white Russian? Yeah, you need a white Russian. She goes, that'll, that'll be fine. Irish car bomb is, is also kind of offensive. She goes, what do you call it? I don't know. Oh, oh you know what I do? I look at, never mind. No, she, she's like, I, what should I have called it? I don't want to offend you. I'd say to her, you know what, the, you you know, I, I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be rude. It's just that, you know, I, I got a lot of family still over in Ireland. Do, do you know what they call a um, an Irish car bomb in Ireland? What, what is it? A national tragedy. I'm just fucking with you. Get whatever you want. So she kind of like rolls her eyes. Oh, damn. I thought that was funny. You uh, make the white Russian. You make the drinks, right? <laughs> oh, jeez. Wow. They, I am cringing. They sit down, <laughs> right? Show's going great. Doug goes great, right? Oh, no. Those three women, they, they order, they each order a round of drinks, you know? Yeah. At the end of the night, everything lets out. Uh, the three of them are like the last ones there, you know. They're just kind of standing by the door and uh, they're all, you know, getting ready to leave. And uh, the younger girl goes, Hey, I'm going to use the restroom. I'll, I'll be right back. And so they go, okay, well, we're, we're taking off. We'll see you later. They all three hug, say their, say their goodbyes. Okay. You're alone in the bar. What song do you put on? Um, I like this song called Coming Home. So I put that on. So you put on Coming Home. Let me uh, check who does it. Uh, I keep going. So you uh, you put on coming home, right? You like pull your phone out. You pull up the app, right? You're like, okay, a moment alone. You know, the first moment alone of the whole weekend where you're like, finally. Mm-hmm. Things are like, ah, I can finally like decompress and, and feel better. And this is the first thing I'm going to do. So you pull up the song, right? Leon Bridges. Gotcha. So you pull it up. You turn the fucking speaker up. You know what I mean? 
speaker gets turned up. You grab that fucking towel in your hand and that bottle of all-purpose cleaner and you just start squirting that bar, brother. You're wiping it down, wiping it down. Getting all the tough spots. Getting all the remnants of the night that was. Right there in that towel. You're shuffling along while you do it. You know, you're kind of dancing a little bit. A little Pat (laughs) Dean signature sway. Sure. You're humming along to yourself. And then you hear like the thump, thump, thump of footsteps. And you quickly like turn the turn it down. Right? So you like turn it down and you see that that woman who was with the other two like is coming back. So she comes back out of the bathroom and she kind of goes, she's like, oh, I, I love that song. What a good song. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I like to... Uh to play it at the end of an, what, is this is this is Saturday night, Aaron. Yeah, yeah, it, uh, end of the weekend. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I usually play it at the end of the weekend as I'm cleaning up. She goes, you know, it's a real great end of the weekend song. She kind of like walks oh, yeah. over to her chair. She puts her her uh, her jacket on. You look at her and you recognize her. You're like, where do I know her from? Yeah, and then you hear like uh, you hear Michael Park outside go, "Holy shit!" Just out of nowhere, and you like instinctively turn, and when you turn, you look right at that Austin Daily Monitor, and it's her. Oh wow! It's the socialite. What's her name? Uh, well, you you do you ask her that? Yeah, I think I'd say to her, "Hey, I don't mean to uh, be rude, but uh, that's you on the." on the front of the newspaper, right? She kind of like picks it up and she goes, what the fuck is this? And she goes, she goes, can I keep these? Did you not know you were going to be on the cover? She goes, I had no idea. Uh, yeah, you can keep them. Yeah. I'd say you can keep them, but what's, uh, what's up? Why are you on the cover? She like shakes her head. She folds them up, puts them in her bag. She gets teary eyed. She uh she tells you who she is. Her name is uh Darla Tabernacle. <laughs> Darla Tabernacle. Darla Tabernacle. <laughs> um, yeah. She was married uh to Dwight Tabernacle. <laughs> <laughs> and he uh, he recently passed away in a in a boating accident. And this was like her first time like getting out of the house. Her friends thought going to see a comedy show would be a good idea. Go out, have a couple drinks, like be amongst people that care about you. You know, go do something you can get away from if you need to. And uh, she kind of tells you all that. Like, yeah, my friends decided to take me out. Basically, she like, enjoyed the show. She goes, I had a, she has, said I had a really great time. How, I mean, how fucking funny is Doug? He, the guy rules. She goes, he's so good. Who was, who, who was hosting? Ashley Overton. Oh right, yeah, you told me. That. Yeah, sorry. Um, she was. He was so glad, good. Just glad it's not Danny Goodwin. No, he was featuring. Oh fuck! He did. How does he, he do? Twelve minutes in front of Doug. What's that? How did he do? Oh, not good. He did not have a good set. You ever see somebody bomb in the middle of a hot crowd and they just kind of walk off and go, yes. "Well, that fucking sucks." Yeah, that was Danny. Do you remember when that happened a few uh, a few weeks ago? I told you about it. Yeah. 
<laughs> I don't want to talk. Oh, we shouldn't talk about this. Yeah. I'm sorry. So um, the show's great. And she goes, she's got one of, she's got a card from Doug and she goes, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to buy his album. Hell yeah. So she's like, she kind of extends a hand and she goes, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, this was, this was really fun. You shake her hand. I shake her hand and I say, come back anytime. So she leaves, right? Goes into the night. Hangs a ride out of the Velveeta room. Where to? You don't know. Sure. You give it a fleeting thought for just a second. Because part of you felt something. Where you're like, my God, Pat, what a sick thing. That woman's husband just died. You kind of kick that thought out of your head. Okay. But it never stays gone for long. You go home that night. You have a great night's sleep. You wake up in a great mood. Sort of thinking of Darla throughout the day. Oh, okay. Oh, Just wow. Like, okay. like, man, she was like a very beautiful, you know, very kind person. You guys had like a long talk, you know, I feel like there was a real connection in your conversation. What do we talk about? I mean, you kind of talk about, you know, what's going on with her and obviously the, the hardship she's kind of going through at the moment. And, uh, sure. You know, you talk about comedy and, you know, what, what do you want to do? And, yeah, you know, you guys just have like a nice casual candid conversation at the end of the night. Right. Kind of held you up a little later than anticipated, maybe 10 or 15 minutes. But hey, a good conversation, that's worth it. Saturday nights, I take my time. Yeah. I don't uh, care about Friday night. I, we're usually recording this podcast, so I don't <coughs> I kind of get out there as quickly as I can. But yeah. Saturday, I kind of uh, take my time. So whatever. So you um, you go in on Saturday. You get to the Velve a little early, you know, you put on some music, start getting everything set up and you look down and there next to the register is Darla Tabernacle's credit card. Oh no. You, um, eventually like later in the night, you get a message online on Facebook from Darla Tabernacle writing in saying, Hey, I didn't know how to contact you. There's a figure I could reach you here. Uh, did I leave my credit card there last night? You absolutely did. I'm looking at it right now. She goes, okay. Um, I'll be by later on to pick it up if that's okay. She, sure. she goes, what do I tell the doorman? Uh, you're picking up uh, a lost credit card. It was great. She goes, I'll see you later. So you kind of, you kind of do the night, right? Or this is a Sunday. So you guys are doing a Sunday show. Who's uh who's headlining? Uh it is Sinbad. <laughs> that fucking rule. One night only, the Velveeta Room baby. Who else is on the show? Just him. Really? Only him. Man, I honestly would love to have Sinbad yeah. at you know what? Uh well no, we can't afford that. But yeah, okay, cool. It's that would a special rule, event. Tickets are fifty bucks a pop. Wow. One night only, one show only. Buckle up, motherfuckers. <laughs> so uh, you're there, right? Uh, at the end of the night, the show lets out. Obviously a great night. 
everything was great. You can imagine how great it would be. You, um, what did uh, Michael Park think of the show? He goes, I loved it. What about Lindsay? She loved it. Everybody loved it. Good. She is hard to impress. Not for Sinbad. I guess not. Yeah, that's a good point. So everybody has a great time, right? You're closing up shop. You put that Leon Bridges song on again. You uh, you start once again dancing along, shaking your little fucking hips back and forth, moving your little ass all around, wiping off those countertops, and then you hear the the of the the heels on the hardwood floor of the valve. You look up. And you see Darla Tabernacle standing there. She's beautiful. I bet. She's coming from a, a service for her late husband. Oh, geez. Oh, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's coming for, from a, a service for her late husband where uh, it was like mostly like, like a family and like some close friends just like a nice dinner and remembrance of him what did they eat at the dinner they they went to like a really nice they went to his favorite steakhouse they went to andre's steakhouse cool they had a private table in back she comes walking up that song's fucking playing a little lower she looks beautiful and uh, she goes, oh, can I have my my credit card, Mr. Pat? She kind of laughs at you. Here you go. She kind of like brushes her fingers against yours as she takes her I'm credit really card. I'm really sorry about your husband, by the way. She looks at you and she goes, he was a great man. Our marriage hadn't been the same for a couple of years. But when you were what we were, it was hard to make a change. Dang, dude, I bet. She was... It wasn't always easy. Uh, and it won't always be easy. She goes, but um, what are you doing later? Uh, this is a Sunday night? Yeah. Probably nothing. She goes, do you want to do something? Sure. She was great. Um, can I get your number? She exchanges numbers I, with you, right? Yeah. 703. Please don't give your real three, telephone number out on three, our four, podcast. Six, all, right, all right, 346. You guys have to figure out the rest. Four, three, six, eight. That's not right, but keep going. So um, she puts her information in your phone. You're like, hey, I'll be another like half hour. She goes, cool. She goes, great. Um, meet me at this address. I'll see you there. She texts you an address. What, uh, what, what part of town is she living? Westlake. Really? Oh, right. The yeah. nice part of town. The fancy part of town. So you... Um, and like, does she look like she's from Westlake? Yeah. Okay. How old is she? 29. Right. Okay. So um, 
You get the address, right? That fucking rules. You wrap up. You put in the uh, the address. You drive out to Westlake, like the nicest part of Austin, out on Lake Austin. People got their fucking boats tied up out there. You know what I mean? Wow. Yeah. People are shooting fireworks off of docks, right? Uh, ben Sherlock used to date a girl who lived there. And she fucking lived there. That's the place where you go to live. <laughs> so you drive back through the hills of Westlake. And you, you get to this giant house with like a big gate out front. There's a button. You press the button. A familiar voice comes over the speaker and says, hey, Pat, come on in. All right. There's a gate with a big fucking copper T on it. The gate swings open. You drive up. Get out of your car. You go to hit the doorbell. Door just opens. Wow. Darla Tabernacle standing there. Uh, she goes, can I offer you a drink? Um, what time of day is it? I mean, it's after a show, so it's like late. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I would love, uh, honestly, uh, I'd love, uh, bourbon on the rocks. She goes over to like a bar cart. She, uh, splash of water. She goes, you got it. She fixes a bourbon you. on the rocks, splash of water. She pours a glass of red wine for herself. She kind of sits down on this, like the nicest couch you've ever been on. Like, you know how when you go to Ikea and you're like, they have, why does Ikea have a $3,500 couch? It's like that, but on steroids. You know what I mean? It's just like a giant, huge, luxurious, cool. plush couch. All right. It is Arctic white. Wow. It almost hurts to look at. It's so white. Almost like snow blindness. <laughs> so you sit down. Uh, she hits a button. That Leon Bridges song comes on. Right. She's got like a really nice like Bose sound system, you know. And uh, she kind of like scooches over to you and she goes, Pat, my relationship was complicated, but it's over now. She goes, uh, you ever heard that old saying, the only way to get over somebody is to get under somebody else? Wow, uh, I've never heard that, but I understand. You take a sip of that bourbon on the rocks with just a fucking splash of water. Just a fucking splash. And she leans in. She starts kissing your neck. Do you make a move on her? Yeah, dude. So uh, you guys are on the couch. That song is just playing. It's almost like the volume rises as the intensity uh, also rises. If you catch my drift, you know. So you guys are like making out on the couch, and uh, you know you kind of are just you're not really saying anything. You're just like acting on pure instinct and just like into the whole thing. 
everything is just going like, holy shit, this is, this is inexplainable. You've never felt a connection like this with anybody. And the moment, just a moment before coitus begins, the exact moment before uh, the bed gives way into a pit on the floor, and uh, you look up, and she crawls out of a human suit, and she's a giant spider, angry that you crushed her friend at the very beginning of the episode. Uh, she descends and wraps you into a cocoon, and she sucks your blood and keeps you alive just long enough to live for hundreds of years, but you're just barely hanging on in complete agony the whole time. Suspended upside down in a giant spider web. <laughs> And this ma- and this makes you happy. <laughs> you died. Yeah. You tried to have sex with a woman who was a widow of one week. Okay, I feel like she would. Okay, you know what? <laughs> you fucking died for it. Yeah. That fucking sucks. I don't think I did. I don't think I deserved that. I'm going to be honest. I don't, I don't, whatever. <laughs>